everybody, and welcome to Weird Mythic Podcast. It is I, one of your hosts, Naomi, and of course, I'm always here with Serena. Hey, girl. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello from California. Texas. (laughs) Oh, man. So, uh, I didn't tell you, Serena, but I actually had to take Louie to the vet. (gasps) Oh no, why? <laughs> he is perfectly fine. So for those who don't know, well, I was Louis just gonna is be like, is he pregnant? All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that that's the big news right there. <laughs> no, so my cat Louie, he likes to get into fights and I think he won this fight, like he usually does. However, I saw him the other morning and one of his eyes was completely swollen shut. Oh. And I was like, oh my god. So I had an awesome vet service come by the house, like come to my house and look at Louie. And I've been giving him drops and antibiotics and I could see both his eyes today. It's oh, the first yay. time all week. Poor little scrapper. <laughs> I know, right? They're like, well, is he the anta- the antagonist or, and, you know, the person going after the fights? I was like, yeah, he's an asshole. I was going to say, yeah, 100% he is. <laughs> yeah. I know that but from the-, the three times I've met him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what was great is these girls like, oh, he's the best cat. He's so well behaved. I was like, that's because you're giving him food. Otherwise, he's an asshole. <laughs> same, Louis. Same. Right? He, they're like, he's very food motivated. <laughs> yeah, he's 18 pounds. Yeah. The, well, that's the thing. They actually weighed him. He is only 15 oh, pounds. Really? Okay. So okay. he's not 18 like I thought. He is a 15 pound cat. But. So, yeah, it took me a little while to start the recording because I had to give him his drops and his medicine. And then I had to give him treats because I gave him, you know, medicine. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, just a side note. Your episode, is it scary? Like, your, your cryptid that you're talking about? Oh, it's not that scary, no. Okay, because I just keep, like, feeling like I hear. I'm sitting in my car right now for anybody listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really dark outside. It's like 8.30 at night. And I'm really trying not to. You know when you like start thinking about it and then you start scaring yourself? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, happening yeah, you're right psyching now. yourself out. And I'm like. Oh. You're fine because the cryptids that we're talking about today aren't even in the States, right? Well. <laughs> so we might be all right. Yeah. Mine's not scary either. I'll all go right. first. Well, my, I'll go first. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let me. I made myself a drink because like I'm like hella just not stressed but i'm like i'm so tired so i made myself a gin and tonic everybody so cheers cheers i wish i have a capri sun (laughs) those are like the best vodka chasers honestly you're right yeah i i know i know i'm right perks of having a child is we always have them on deck Oh, gosh. No, we did that whole trick last summer where we, like, opened the top of the Capri Suns and put vodka in it and then froze it and took it on the river. Really the best idea anybody's ever had. Nice. <laughs> it was awesome. That's so good. All right. Well, let's go ahead and mention really quick what's going down mm-hmm. in August. Of course. Guys, we are going to be at the True Crime Podcast Festival in Dallas at the end of August. And they're finally, or not finally, but they're actually allowing paranormal podcasts in this year. It's the first year, and we are very happy to be joining. Finally, them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, finally, like so I know excited. about. It. So we'll have the link to everything below. You guys are going to see it mm-hmm. everywhere. We've been posting a ton about it. Um, it's going to be August twenty sixth through the twenty eighth in Dallas, Texas. There's going to be a lot of really good podcasts there, and um, we're going to be there, and it's going to be fun. 
<laughs> yeah, so we would like to meet any of our fans in the Dallas or Texas area. Come say hi, and we'll hang out and talk about some weird mythic shit. Yes, and grab a drink because and definitely grab a drink be hot as or fuck. two. <laughs> yeah. All right, Serena. What do you got for us this week? Oh, I already forgot how to say it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> try your best and then spell it. <laughs> I'm going to try my best because okay, so I picked this cryptid because. Our number two most downloaded country, like episodes downloaded in the country, is Germany. Woohoo! Thank you, Germany. Like, we actually have a really good amount from Germany. So, hello to all of our German listeners. Hello. What is it? Guten Tag? Did I say that right? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) It was a really good effort. Uh, You sounded super confident. So, if that's not how you say it, we're sorry. But hey, I tried. (laughs) <laughs> i'm gonna be talking about it's called the el wetrich did i say that right el wetrich i think so i feel like that sounds right it's e-l-w-e-t-r-i-t-s-c-h so i i think you said it perfectly <laughs> <laughs> and it is a cryptid it's this thing it's this creature if you will mm-hmm. Um, it's a bird-like creature, which is reported to be found in southwest Germany. Right. So it's described as being a chicken-like creature with antlers. And okay. instead of feathers, it has scales. And basically, they are like penguins because their wings don't really work like a bird's wings do normally. Like, they can't fly. <laughs> Okay. So normally where they live is they live in like underbrush and under vines and like that type of area. I don't know how big they are though. I want to say it's probably like the size of a chicken. Okay. Type thing. So the, yeah. they're on the smaller side of cryptids. I would say they are. Okay. Neat. <laughs> but I could it's be like a pukwudgie. They're little. They could things. be like four feet tall, and I just missed that. <laughs> which would be scary. But a four foot tall chicken with antlers <laughs> with antlers. Are these like deer antlers? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they're depicted with like antlers like a stag and then their beaks often appear to be very, very long. So just okay. if you can picture that, do that mm-hmm. because yeah, they uh, supposedly originated from crossbreeding chickens, geese and ducks with mythical wood creatures such as goblins and elves. Oh, okay. So, what do you get when you take a chicken and breed it with an, a goblin? You get this creature. <laughs> <laughs> and they lay eggs, so there's that. Okay. <laughs> well, I think that's just kind of cool that they actually said this was due to crossbreeding. Do you have, like, any date on when the Germans were crossbreeding be- chickens with goblins? No, no, no. I don't have any of that. <laughs> I, there's not a lot on these creatures. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought that they were super interesting. Did you ever see... What's that thing called? It's like the bunny that has the antlers. Oh, a jackalope. Is that what it's called? Yeah, because it's actually on my list of ones I want to cover okay. at some point. <laughs> it's It reminds me of that. Is that not a real... I don't know why I thought that that was a real creature. Okay, so the way that I see jackalopes... I really thought that these were 100% real up until I was about in high school. Well, I'm sitting here today asking you, are they not real? I 
I, I'm on the fence still, to be 100% honest with everybody. So me and my brother 100% thought that jackalopes were real growing up. Like, we had little figurines of them. We thought they were the coolest animal. We would look them up online. And then my mom said they're not real. And so we all had, like, the, I remember having a conversation, me, my mom, and my brother, about mom is saying they're not real. And we're like, how are they not real? Yeah. Like, they, they got to be. Why I, not? I feel like they're so, so real. I, I just, I don't know why. I feel like jackalopes are real. Why can't the, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to pronounce it. The L. Elritrish be real. I mean, why not? That's what I'm saying. I feel like if a narwhal exists, <laughs> why can these things not exist? I agree with you. Yeah. Narwhals, just a side note, I thought they were a made-up animal. Until Dude, you're not the only one. Last year. You're not the only one because it, going back to like my brother and even my boyfriend, I've talked about it because there's that song that narwhals, narwhals swimming through the ocean. That song, if you haven't yeah. heard it, it's hilarious. And so I like, I was like, they're real. And they're like, no, it's just made up. I was like, no, because no, they're, they're real. Because really they're awesome just... or something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> swimming through the ocean. Yeah. Causing I agree. the commotion I because they're really awesome. <laughs> I swear that's the words. I don't know. <laughs> it is. I think it is. But yeah, I mean, like, if narwhals can definitely be real, which, by the way, the ones with the tusks are only boys. Oh. So there's one thing. So maybe with jackalopes and this cryptid from Germany, maybe the ones with the antlers are the boys. Well, they, okay, so they have, like, statues and stuff of these creatures. And mm-hmm. to, like, differentiate which one is male and female, they just put boobs on the female ones. <laughs> On the <laughs> like human breasts. Oh my, that is a cat. Oh my god, what? There's a creature standing in front of my car, staring at me, and it's the neighborhood cat. Of course, it is. I almost <laughs> shit my pants. Serena almost just bounced out of her car or ran that cat over. I'm not sure which. I, the car's not even on, so oh. I would, uh, doors are locked, right? Yes, they're locked. Okay, we're good then. <laughs> it was like doing, I don't even want to talk about it. It was like, okay, so I'm parked <laughs> under the only, li- ah! Oh my God, it just jumped up on Freaking cats. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so I'm underneath the only light. You're an asshole, first of all. Rebecca, whatever your name is. <laughs> Jesus. No, I'm taking a picture and sending this to you. I'm under the only light and I'm under the, the it's walking on the hood of my car now, staring at me. I love this so There's much. There's a lawnmower directly in front of me parked, right? I saw mm-hmm. something just slither over the top of the lawnmower, look this way and glowing white eyes. And then I was like, what is that? And I popped my head up and it was the cat. And then it just jumped on my car. It wants in here so bad. It almost fell. Oh, Kitty, you can't come oh, in here. Yeah. Sorry. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to be professional here. I'm so sorry, you guys. But That was hilarious. I <laughs> was so terrified. All right. Let's get back to this. Um, All right. So <laughs> the jackalopes from Germany. <laughs> yes. I, I think they're like closely related or whatever. But anyways, the females have boobs. That's hilarious, too, though. Like, human boobs, like I asked. Like I said, they're located in southwest Germany, right? 
Mm-hmm. But in Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania Dutch are convinced that the Palatinate people, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, I'm probably not, mm-hmm. um, which is like their biggest group of ancestors, had taken yeah. some of these creatures with them whenever they oh. like migrated over and okay. so that they wouldn't get homesick. And fun fact about me, I find like Amish people super, super fascinating We've talked about this mm-hmm. in the office before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this creature is documented in a lot of Amish communities. Oh, neat. Yeah. So, like, do they have, like, sightings of it? Or is it yeah, more just, sightings like, and on stories the- and, like, there's, like, this hunt, I guess, that they that people do, which that's what oh. I'm going to talk about right now. Cool. Get into it. I'm excited. So, okay. So, the hunt is... Um, Okay, these creatures are obviously very shy. Um, you know, they hide underneath bushes and, like, that's where they live. But they're also mm-hmm. very curious. So there's this thing that happens where it's called the hunt. It's, it's in German, and I don't know how to pronounce it, but we're going to call it the hunt. Mm-hmm. And this is where a hunting party consists of a catcher equipped with a potato sack and lanterns, as well as beaters. So... The catcher is led to the woods where the creature supposedly lives, and he's instructed to wait with the sack of potato, the potato sack, and then the lanterns in basically like a clearing, while the beaters go off and they are supposed to like chase out the creature. Okay. Um, and the creature is supposed to be attracted to the lantern because of how curious it is, and it'll come and investigate. And while the catcher waits, everyone else heads back to the pub where the party assembled to wait for the catcher to realize that he has been fooled. So this animal (laughs) is like a cause of like a game where people trick people for no reason. Hmm. Okay. So I don't think anyone's ever... Well, they say actually there was like this guy. I think he was like a... Not a prince. He was somebody important. And he was mm-hmm. fed these birds one time, and like when asked, like, "Oh, that was really delicious. What is it?" He was told that it was this creature. Oh, but as far as like things getting captured, I don't think there's any documentation of that. I think it's just like okay, a game okay. that came out of the myth, and now mm-hmm. people just trick people. <laughs> That's about all I have on that, though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, still, it's very interesting. I like the the idea that um, the Dutch brought it over when they immigrated to the U.S., yeah, you know? Yeah, I thought that that was super interesting. So, the creatures could be here in the States. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And why not? Like you were saying, it, like, reminds you of the jackalope. Like, that, that would make sense to me if they brought it over from Germany when they, you know, immigrated. Mm-hmm. Why not? Hell Yeah. All right. Well, what All right. do you have for me, mate? Okay. Well, I am going to take us to South Africa, and I got to actually thank Juwan, my boyfriend, for mentioning it because, uh, you know, like w- me and you both do it. Like, we'll ask friends and family, like, mm-hmm. hey, do you have like a cryptid that you're interested in that you would like me to cover? Or is there a topic that's very strange that you want me to cover? And, of course, Juwan never has anything specific for me, but (laughs) he did say, well, he asked if I've ever covered anything from Africa, and I was like, I don't think I have. So I just kind of, 
you know, Google searched and I specifically looked in South Africa just because that's an area of the world that I've never been to and I would definitely like to see South Africa. So I found what is called the Inkaniamba. I might have pronounced that wrong, but it's I-N-K-A-N-Y-A-M-B-A. And I heard a few people pronounce it and I think it's like Inkaniamba or Inkaniamba, something like that. But, so that is who I'm going to be covering. And it is a water type of cryptid. Um, I'm just going to have to get into what it looks like, I think, um, and a little bit of the area that it specifically lives in. So the Inkaniamba, it does live by waterfalls. Specific waterfall is Howick Falls. So you can go to Howick Falls as like a tourist if you wanted to and see this waterfall, but it's a very sacred place to the Zulu tribe because of the cryptid that is there, the Inkaniamba. Okay. So, that's in South Africa, Howick Falls. This looks like a snake or an eel of some type, and it has the head of a horse. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a snake with a horse head, and it has been reported that it is over 20 feet long. Oh, my God. This goes so far back that they have cave paintings of this Inkanyamba. And it's not just this, but it, it was said to be part of a group of what's called rain animals. And that's because they mainly see this or they, you know, notice it during the rainy season. Um, the reason for that, there's two reasons, actually, that it would be considered something of a rain animal. And that's because when the Inkanyamba goes up into the sky because it can also fly, not just swim, it will create thunderstorms, rainstorms, and even tornadoes. So a little bit about Howick Falls. I have some information about that place. Um, let me see right here. So, and maybe I don't have information on the actual place <laughs> I thought I had. <laughs> um, oh, there it is. Okay, so Howick Falls is about 310 feet high, maybe a little more. And it goes onto the Umgeni River. And there's all kinds of different gorges, valleys, pools, all in this river system. And it does go out to multiple other rivers. And eventually it goes out into the Indian Ocean, which is about 60 miles from Howick Falls. Oh, wow. So this is a big, big area. And it has also been reported that they see the Inkyamba, um even further south from Howick Falls during certain times of the year. So what it does when it, um, like in the in the cave paintings... You see a lot of, like, tornadoes and rain coming down. Like I said, it's technically, like, a, a rain animal. But what they think is it goes up into the sky and creates a tornado to look for its mate. So it's nothing like it's trying to be malicious. But there's also versions of the story that not only does it create the tornado to look for a mate, which kind of is kind of scary because there's more than one of these things, <laughs> yeah. but it's also... If, if you happen to see it, or it sees you, or if you're looking for it, it will get angry and create a storm. Oh, so it's a little bit of both. Yeah, it can create a whole tornado. Um, one very specific story that I kept coming across was in 1998, 
the it was actually the Inky Yamba was blamed for a very severe storm and tornado that took out thousands of homes in the Pangola region of South Africa. It it tore everything up like it was all kinds of devastation and the people legit to this day it was not due to natural forces it was due to the Inky Yamba. One of the things I saw was they believe that it could have been flying at that time. And if you don't paint the top of your roof, because they're in this part of South Africa, a lot of the roofs are that metal sliding kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's real shiny. So what they think happened was the Inky Yamba was actually flying overhead and thought that these people's houses and there was also a school that was destroyed and like a uh, like a community center that was destroyed but none of them had the tops of their houses painted so they think Inky Yamba came down thinking it was water from the reflection of the sun which then angered it which then created the tornado because it ran into somebody's house and destroyed it mm-hmm. yeah so then that was in 1998 um there's also some beliefs that it flies annually, so a lot of the times you, they will have reports of seeing the Inky Yamba in the summer seasons, creating all those summer storms. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, there was also, in 1996, there was this guy, and his name, where did you go? Let me see here. So sorry. Um, his last name is Teeny. That's one thing I can remember. I think it was Bob Teeny. He got photographic evidence of the Inky Yamba and then put out a reward for anybody else who could bring forward a picture of it as well. And he got a picture of it at Howick Falls. I looked at this picture from 1996. I am not, I don't know, able to say if it's a hoax or not. Mm. I can't say that. I'm not a photographer person who knows how to tell if something's a hoax or not. A lot of people said it was a hoax, but then there's a lot of people that were like, no, this was definitely real. We saw it as well. So I'm not quite sure, but there is that picture out there and I'll definitely post that to our Instagram. Um, also something that I kept coming across also in 1996, um, the South African government planned on capturing the Inky Yamba, and they wanted to capture it and move it to an environmentally protected area. But the local Zulus in that area were like, hell no, we, we cannot let you take this creature from this sacred place. No, how pissed and off the government, would that creature be then? Exactly. And they're like, it's lived here for a millennia by this point. And so the government did not go into the Howick Falls and look for it like they wanted to. But it is documented that the South African government was going in to get this, what we would consider a mythical creature, this cryptid that we don't know if it's real or not. But the South African government definitely thought that it was some sort of real. Mm -hmm. So um, I talked about that tornado in 1998. Um, So sorry. There's also... So at Howick Falls, like I said, it's a very sacred place to the Zulu people. It's actually a place where only witch doctors will go to and like specifically to the pool underneath the falls. And they do sacrifices at some points. And usually it was a white goat and they would sacrifice the goat so that they would be safe 
and not anger the Inkyamba because it doesn't really want, it seems like it doesn't want people at the falls, but they said as long as you do like this ceremony or offer it something, I think it kind of calms it down and doesn't see us as a threat. Well, that's so good. they're thinking it has some type of territorial thing but that's because it's fucked up for the goat, but I mean, it happens, I guess. <laughs> you gotta sacrifice when you gotta sacrifice. <laughs> so, um, something that happens at Howick Falls is apparently it is a hot spot for people who go to, um, sadly commit suicide. So there has been like, theories out there that it's kind of calling people or there's some mystical thing going on at Howick Falls to make people go there and commit suicide. Mm -hmm. But the bodies of those people don't always come back up to the surface. And if and when they do, it looks like something has been chewing on it or that certain parts of the body have definitely been eaten. So that just goes back into the lore of maybe it's this 20 foot long eel with a horse head. Yeah. Yeah, the fucking um, weather snake. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot of not really sightings, but stories of like children playing near the river. And it might not even be at Howick Falls. It might be further south at a lot of the times. And they'll say like, I saw so-and-so get dragged into the water and then they just never come up. Oh, that's really sad. And a lot of people are like, well, it could be a crocodile. Well, apparently there's not a lot of crocodiles in this area. So, I mean, like, definitely crocodiles have swam upstream, salt water into fresh water, and that does happen. But usually, from what I've seen on, like, Animal Planet and shit, crocodiles make a lot of noise when they capture something. They don't just bring it under and then that's it. And that's the sightings that they have is, like, this person gets pulled under and that's it. There's not even bubbles. Exactly. It's, like, just gets pulled under. There's also, like, evidence of, like... I mean, they don't swallow it whole when an alligator eats something. It kind of, like, chews mm-hmm. it up. So there's going to be, like, body parts. Exactly. So but that's kind of, like, the long and short of the Inky Yamba. I'm going to get into a couple of sightings that I was able to find. Like, pretty cool, legit sightings. Um, one of them is from... You know, 19... So, I already talked about the few from 1996, how they blame the tornado on the Inkyamba, and then that guy that took the picture in the 90s as well. Mm-hmm. Well, back in 1962, a game ranger, and he, his last name is Boothelesi. I might pronounce that wrong, but it's spelled B-U-T-H-E-L-E-Z-I. He was walking by the Umgeni River, and he saw something laying on the bank of the river, like on the sandy bank. And he said it looked kind of like an eel or a snake, but it definitely had a horse head. And um, that was his sighting. Then there was another sighting in 1971 or 1974, depending on your source, where a man uh, who goes by the name of Johannes... He saw the Howick, what he's calling the Howick monster. He saw it twice. So in the 70s, and then he saw it in 1981. Both times he saw it, it was like rainy, cold, misty conditions. And what he saw was a raised head coming out of the river. And then a very, very long neck that went up about 30 feet. And this is just the neck of the monster that he saw. Mm. And... 
just like reading his description of what he saw, it sounds like that picture that was taken in the 90s where it was just like this really long neck and really long head that came out of the water. That's creepy. Uh, Yeah. So those are just some of the sightings. A lot of them were from the 90s. um, And then there was, you know, a few from, you know, the 60s and whatnot. But really, what I really liked about this cryptid was the fact that it's kind of, it's, it's respected, but it's also very feared. Because they're going to respect the area of Howick Falls. They're going to respect all the rivers where these animals could be. But they also have to be fearful. That's why they have the witch doctors going and having sacrifices just so somebody doesn't accidentally get pulled under when they don't have any malicious intent. So I just thought it was really interesting. Uh, Something that I did come across, though, is there are a lot of freshwater eels in that part of South Africa, but they can only get up to, and I say only, but this is actually huge, they can get up to like six feet long, these eels. So if anything goes into the water and goes to the bottom where these eels are, they'll definitely munch on it, but usually that's not what happens. It's usually like, you know, you could tell if it's a small eel or a six-foot eel compared to a 20-foot eel. I agree. Like, there's a huge difference there. Um, but yeah, that's the Inky Yamba. I, I'm definitely going to cover another South African cryptid after this because this goes back so far. They have cave paintings. They have folklore. They have recent sightings. They have people who 100% this creature is real. It lives in this waterfall and there are more. And I just, I just think it's great that they have this in their culture and and I just think it's cool. Yeah. So, that's that's it's, the Inkayamba. It's crazy about the cave paintings because when you think of stuff like that, you're like, that stuff has been there for so freaking long. Mm-hmm. Right. And like and for people to still cave- see it to pretty recently. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, crazy. definitely. I was watching, Um, there's a few different U- YouTube videos on like people who live in the area and they... They definitely, this thing is real. This is real to them. They've seen it. They have the stories to prove that it's real. And I don't know. It, it kind of just makes me a little more curious. I wish I could find a little more on it. But it really was just like, they do blame it for a lot of natural disasters when it comes to rains and tornadoes. It's it's the Inkyamba. Yeah. And it's because of something that happened to make it angry or to make it want to find a mate. Which is just as scary because there's more than one. That is terrifying. So, it is. Like, I'm just imagining this giant eel with not exactly a horse head, but a very long face or a big head or something. And there was another um, sighting that I did find. I can't find my specifics on it right now. But it was from this boy who grew up near Howick Falls. And he grew up his whole life being told stories, you know, be careful next to the river, the Inkyamba can get you. And he just kind of wrote it off, you know, as a kid. And so I think he was in like his late teens, early 20s, and he was still next to the river. And he saw it. But his encounter was this thing emerging out of the water, and it had a tortoise head Mm. and a very, very long neck. And it had scales. Like, he was able to see the the water kind of ripple off its back. And he said it was definitely 20 to 30 feet long. And it just kind of popped its head up. 
and then went back under. And that was enough for him to be like, yep, yeah, it's real. Those stories yeah. I was told as a kid, that was real shit. So I just, I think it's very interesting. And if any, if we have any listeners in South Africa, please reach out to me and give me more information on this because it, I was very intrigued and I still am. I'm still doing research on it. So. Yeah, I know. Mine too. I feel like uh-huh. there's on, on the both of the ones that we covered, I feel like there's just not a lot of information out there. You really mm-hmm. do have to talk to people who live in the country and these stories are getting passed down to. I agree. Yeah. I did find something really cool, though, about um, this specific cryptid is it is believed that the Inky Yamba was actually the inspiration for the Pokemon Dragonair. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which one? Dragonair. Oh. Yeah. And I looked up the pictures because I was like, I can't picture that Pokemon right now. But and I think there's something about Dragonair that it um, creates tornadoes. Is that the so? And it's like blue, a serpent like type. The blue one. That yeah. Looks like a snake. Yep. Okay. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> been a while. But yeah, I just I don't know. I love folklore like this, especially something that is so ingrained in someone's culture that I believe it's real. Why the fuck not? Yeah. When like, it goes back those, that those far. rivers, that's exactly. And um, I was talking to Scott at work about it, and we kind of agree on the fact that even if this creature isn't real today, it was real. Mm-hmm. That was there. So even if we don't have evidence today of it being living, who's to say that there's not some sort of uh skeleton or bones or or eggs for that matter you know if it reproduces or eggs or something i don't know but it could be an archaeological find this could be something that is now extinct that that's why we have cave paintings of it for how how old it was yeah. you know like who's to say it's just something we haven't discovered yet yeah I africa is such I mean, a huge continent that they find new animals that were extinct all the time there mm-hmm. Especially when you touch on water, too, because there's so Mm -hmm. much of the water that we haven't discovered. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to know what the fuck is down there. Exactly. And there's a lot of, like, dense forest areas, too, Mm -hmm. that people just physically can't even get into. Who's to say there isn't something we thought was extinct that actually isn't? Yeah, let's leave it there. (laughs) Yeah, leave it alone, fuckers. (laughs) That's crazy. Yep. So that's the Inke Yamba. And yeah, I had a lot of fun. I'm st- I'm going to be doing another South African cryptid. Nice. So they're very interesting. Um, I did find one that I'll have to talk to you about that I want to cover in our October Halloween stuff. Because it was creepy as hell. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. So something for everyone to look forward to. <laughs> right. All right. Well, this was fun. If anybody has any experiences with any of the animals, cryptids, whatever that we talked about, or mm-hmm. ones that you guys want us to talk about, you can send us an email at weirdmythicpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. We also have our Facebook, Weird Mythic Podcast. Go to Twitter, hang out with Serena at Weird Mythic. <laughs> and I always post pictures and our updates for when shows are out on at Weird Mythic Podcast on Instagram. Yay. So oh reach out to us anywhere, guys. And, um, you know, rate, download, leave comments anywhere you get your podcast fix. 
Yes, and we look forward to seeing you guys in August at the True Crime Podcast Festival in Dallas. That's right. (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. We have another cryptid episode. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) Have a good weekend, everybody.